0: Arizona's Sports Station, The Rundown Reload. Rundown Reload. It is The Rundown, April 22nd, 2020 edition. I'm your host, Luke Lipinski. Michaela Perkins is producing, and it is almost here. The NFL Draft is less than 24 hours away. Finally, this week, we needed this week, didn't we? You get a couple episodes of The Last Dance this past Sunday. You're going to get episodes three and four of this upcoming Sunday. But between now and then, we've got seven rounds of the NFL Draft. Round one tomorrow night. The Cardinals picking eighth. Uh, let's start there, I guess. We've talked a decent amount about the Cardinals, and obviously we're going to discuss them at length all day tomorrow on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Tons of coverage on ArizonaSports.com. It's the NFL Draft Extravaganza XL. The consensus seems to be that the Cardinals are going to trade down if they can, or at least that they want to. With, of course, the caveat that if a guy they really like is there, Isaiah Simmons, somebody like that that slips, that maybe maybe you don't expect to slip out of the first seven, well, then you'd be foolish to trade down. But, you know, if, if they have a few guys there that they like, and there's a pretty good chance that that's the case. If they go offensive line there's going to be a few offensive linemen there for them to choose from and given the fact they don't have a second round pick and they are still rebuilding even though it seems like that rebuild has been sped up considerably in the last 12 months and really the last month and a half with that deandre hopkins trade but if you can trade down still get a guy you like and add a second or a third round pick that makes a lot of sense thing is, there's a lot of teams that kind of want to trade down. We talked about this yesterday. San Francisco has picks at 13 and 31, and they'll pick again until 156. So they would like some picks there uh, in the second or third rounds as well. So it, everybody can't trade down. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be upset if we're sitting here tomorrow night talking about, oh, yeah, you know, they couldn't they couldn't find a trade partner, so they stayed at eight and they took Derrick Brown. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be upset by that at all. But trading down is certainly an option, and it seems like it's something they are exploring pretty, pretty thoroughly. We have a piece up on ArizonaSports.com today. Kevin Zimmerman, who's out there at Cardinals practice throughout the season and training camp even more than I am. Uh, He has a piece up talking about the uh, the players, the positions that they really need heading into this draft and the rest of the offseason. And he lists offensive tackle and cornerback as the two positions where they desperately need like a legitimate starter right now. Offensive line, just in general, we've talked about at length, and and that's where most mock drafts have had the Cardinals going now for the better part of two months. So I want to focus on corner for a second, because I brought this up on a podcast I was a guest on about a month ago and said, hey, if a guy like Jeff Okuda, well, specifically Jeff Okuda, not a guy like Jeff Okuda, if Jeff Okuda were there at eight, the Cardinals would take him. And the response I got, I think it was fair, was, well, what about Byron Murphy? Didn't the Cardinals just take him early second round last year? Yeah, they did. It's not a knock on Byron Murphy. First of all, they like him better in the slot. But second of all, Patrick Peterson is only signed for this upcoming season. And that has been such a weird, potentially strained relationship over the last two years that I think they're going to get a good year out of him this year. I don't know if he's coming back after that. If you had asked me six, seven, eight months ago, and people did, I said, no, I don't think he is coming back. Now, stuff has changed. They go out there and get Kyler Murray, and all of a sudden, this team, it's just, it's a lot more fun to be on that team, or watching that team, or following that team, or rooting for that team, and Patrick Peterson, his attitude seems to have changed, at least the the public version of his attitude. Then you go out there and fleece Houston in that trade and get DeAndre Hopkins, and it maybe isn't quite as easy to leave Arizona as it would have been, certainly, a year ago at this time. I mean, think about it. A year ago right now, the Cardinals, their quarterback was Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen was, was at the, the, the practice facility in Tempe a year ago at this time. They go out there, they draft Kyler Murray, everything changes. But either way, if you need a cornerback, and Jeff Okuda's there, that's somebody you have to look at, because again, You may only have Byron Murphy a year from now. You may not have Patrick Peterson. Maybe you do. Maybe you have Patrick Peterson and Byron Murphy. You know what? You still could use a cornerback. Robert Alford's hurt a lot. Hasn't been here very long. You know, I'm not going to hold it against somebody that they get hurt, but Alford and and Patrick Peterson have, have been around now for a little bit, so it's not crazy to think they would address that need and if they don't do it with the 8th pick in the draft, they may address it in the 3rd round or something, or the 2nd round. Another position that we haven't really talked a lot about in terms of the draft is running back. And this, this one interests me. Not anything that they would even consider looking at in the 1st round, obviously. There's not a, a running back that, that is worthy of going in the top 10 in this year's draft. But just remember, Kenyon Drake, for all the talk that, Hey, this is the guy. And he gets Cliff Kingsbury's system. He just It just clicks. And and Steve Kine went out there and found him. And I know that they they love the fact that Steve Kine was able to do that. And then certainly he, he pulled off an amazing deal to not only get DeAndre Hopkins, but to get rid of David Johnson's contract. The trail is paved for Kenyon Drake to be the guy. And he may very well be for a while. But he's only signed for one year. Chase Edmonds is behind him. He's only played 29 career games. I like DJ Foster because he went to ASU. But he's not a number one running back in the NFL. So if they could get a guy early third round, a Jonathan Taylor or somebody like that, that's something I think they would would look very closely at. Because you bring him in as essentially your third string running back, I guess. Most teams do use a couple running backs. The Cardinals really didn't once they got Kenyon Drake last year. But let's say you draft Jonathan Taylor in the third round. Okay, he's essentially your third-string running back, but that is a guy that has number one potential down the line. And so if Drake ends up leaving next year, maybe you can go with Jonathan Taylor and Chase Edmonds as your two backs in 2021. I'm just throwing that out there. Again, not something they're going to address in the first round. I don't think they would address it even in the second round if they added a pick there. But something to keep an eye on throughout the draft. As I have maintained, ever since the Cardinals traded for DeAndre Hopkins and and really even before that, Isaiah Simmons is the guy I want. Um, I don't know that we'll be able to do a podcast tomorrow because we're doing all the NFL draft coverage all the way through round one. So that's going to go pretty late. So I don't know that we'll do this specific podcast. But uh, if this is my last chance to reiterate, I would like the Cardinals to take Isaiah Simmons in this draft. I love the quote from him today. Quote, you only get 53 on a roster. I feel like if you draft me, you get 56, unquote. I love that confidence. I know some people look at that and they're like, that's, that's arrogance. Really, quote aside, I just like the fact that he can step in and fill a need for the Cardinals. And he's a dynamic defensive player. And he's a dynamic defensive player at Clemson. Nothing against players from smaller colleges stepping in. In a lot of ways, that's what is great about sports. But I don't think there's going to be much of an adjustment period for Isaiah Simmons regardless of who drafts him. But if the Cardinals draft him, he steps in and and fills a need. I would assume an inside linebacker, but he can play about four defensive positions, or at least he did in college. So uh, we'll see. The wild card of this draft, talked about it a little bit yesterday, worth bringing up here one more time before the draft happens tomorrow. It's Tua. It definitely is. The wild card of this draft really has nothing to do with the Cardinals, with the exception that If you're a Cardinals fan, you certainly want Tua getting drafted in the top seven. If you're a Cardinals fan, you have somebody out there that you want them to take. If if it's not Isaiah Simmons, I would assume you want them to get Derek Brown, or you want them to get Jeff Okuda, or you just want them to go wide receiver. Either way, no matter who you want, if you want Chase Young, I'm sorry, they're not getting him, but any of those guys that you want, as many quarterbacks as possible going in those top seven picks, that only can help you. And there's talk of Tua dropping all the way, maybe even out of the first round, which I just, I think it's craziness for that to happen. But I understand the logic of he's got an injury history and we can't have our own team doctor go look at him. So let's just stop there for a second. How long did we want the Cardinals to draft their, their franchise quarterback? I mean, it was years and years. Even when they had Carson Palmer, we're looking and saying, okay, well, but when are they going to draft their franchise quarterback? Then they draft Josh Rosen. A lot of people nationally are like, you got your guy. And then a year later, he was not their guy. Really, like four months later, he wasn't their guy, but whatever. Uh, so you get Kyler Murray. It's great for all these reasons, right? You've got your quarterback, first of all. He's on a rookie deal, so you can still build around him. But how about this? How much would it suck to have to get a quarterback in this year's draft? when it's all being done virtually. I think about that. If they had stuck with Rosen one more year, and I do think Rosen would have been better under Kingsbury, but let's say they went with Nick Bosa last year. Great player, but Josh Rosen, let's say he does struggle, and they realize, you know what? Steve Wilkes and Mike McCoy certainly weren't helping, but even without those guys, Rosen's just not our guy. We have to get a quarterback in the first round in the 2020 draft. Well, unless you're picking first... You're not getting Joe Burrow. So then you've got to decide. Tua's probably better than Justin Herbert, Jordan Love. But Tua's also got some some injury risk. Now, to a certain extent, everybody that gets drafted has injury risk because you're playing football and you're going to play NFL football. But I don't think it's crazy if you're an NFL GM to have concerns about taking a guy that you are anointing your number one quarterback you're handing the reins of your NFL team your NFL franchise to this guy and he's already got kind of a checkered injury history it's not a knock on Tua I like Tua I still think he has the I think he has the highest ceiling of any quarterback in this draft I really do Joe Burrow included I'm not just going to forget what I saw from Tua before he got hurt he was supposed to be the number one pick in this draft coming into this past college football season and it's not like he played poorly it's just that Burrow was great Tua got hurt A bad injury, though, and it's he's supposed to be fine by now, and I understand that. But if you're an NFL GM, it's not just okay. We're going to use the number five pick on you. You're also committing to a quarterback if you take him that high. You're committing time to him. I think how crazy it was that the Cardinals decided to move on from Josh Rosen. They they took him at ten, and then they had the number one pick, and Kyler Murray was right there. Otherwise, they probably stick with Josh Rosen if they're picking. If the Cardinals are picking eighth last year. Rosen's probably still the quarterback. So, if you are Miami or the Chargers or whoever and you say, "Okay, you know what? We can't let we can't we can't pass on Tua. We can't let him slip." And I hope somebody does that because if he ends up on the Patriots, he's going to become a Hall of Famer. I don't know why, but that's just what's going to happen. But if you are the GM of the Dolphins or the Chargers and you're like, "You know what? Can't let him slip. We're going to take this guy." And he he just he can't stay on the field if that's the case well, it's not just this pick that you, you wasted. You're going to invest this year and next year and probably the year after. So that's, that's a risk. That's why he's the wild card of this draft. And when you're the wild card of the draft and you play quarterback and we're this close to the draft, you start to get heated debates that Tua's not even involved in, but they are over Tua. This is Boomer Esiason, first of all. And we're going to hear from Michael Lombardi in just a second. But first, here's Boomer.
1: You know, the other thing, and it goes back to the Tua Tunga-Vailoa stuff with Mike Lombardi. Like, like who the hell is Mike Lombardi to be reporting that uh, Tua had broken a wrist in spring practice and then rebroke it? Like, how does he find out that information? Because he's close friends with uh, Nick Saban, and is Nick Saban given Mike Lombardi that information so Mike Lombardi can go running out there and just absolutely try to discredit a kid? Yeah. Did you find? I find something. And I understand that uh, Lombardi and Mike Tannenbaum both. You know, they're they're in the media now. They were on the other side. Now they're on the dark side, and they get they have contacts, they have information, and they use that information. And I I, I get all of that stuff, but I do think that there's a violation here somewhere along the line that somebody is outing players and their health issues when those things should be kept private. I think.
0: Yeah, I heard Bickley and Murata talking about this earlier today, and the first thing they said after the soundbite was Nick Saban is not outing his guy as, as having an, an additional wrist injury and in spring ball or whatever, and I couldn't agree more. I'm not the world's biggest Nick Saban fan, but why in the world would he go out there and submarine his own player? Alabama, for as great as they have been, really haven't gotten a lot of successful quarterbacks into the NFL, what, in the last decade? Longer? It, it only looks better for your program if you can say to potential recruits, oh yeah, look, Tua showed up here and he was great, national championship and everything, and then he went number five overall to the Miami Dolphins and he's outstanding. Not like Alabama needs help recruiting, but you get what I'm saying. So I just, I cannot, I will not, I won't stand for it. I'm not going to believe that Nick Saban submarined his own player. It's, you know, it, that's what happens this time of year. Stuff comes out on these guys. Remember the Laramie Tunsil draft a couple years ago and how weird that was? All of a sudden, we're all watching the draft, and there's just a video of a guy looks like Bane from Batman with a gas mask on? I mean, that was, that was one of the stranger moments in draft history, and tomorrow's draft is, is virtual, so <laughs> who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. But the point is, you know, weird stuff comes out on these guys around the draft. If you're talking about a quarterback that teams are looking at as their potential franchise quarterback in the top 10 or top 5 pick, maybe, certainly a first-rounder, I would think, it's not out of bounds to talk about injuries they've had. And also, saying that he had a wrist injury in spring ball doesn't destroy his value. He may be totally healed and fine, and he sure looked like he was at the start of last college football season. He may, Just because he has a, a wrist injury in spring football doesn't mean he can't have a great NFL career. But I appreciate what Boomer's trying to say there. But at the same time, you can't be shocked that injury speculation is coming out about quarterbacks 24, 48 hours before the draft. And then here's Michael Lombardi's retorts and uh, earmuffs if there's any children around.
2: I have a real problem. with. Look, Boomer can say whatever the f*** he wants. I could give a right? Like, you know, I know he's on TV and, you know, all that crap. And he's got his own show. You know, that's great. You know, like at some point, you owe it to the people that are listening to your show to be informed. Like, you need to be informed. And what I'm saying has nothing to do with, you know, trying to discredit a kid. How am I discrediting the kid? The kid got hurt. Everybody in the National Football League knows about it. If Boomer watched football on Saturday afternoons, he would know the kid got hurt, too. Like, it's documented knowledge right and my job your job and anybody's job who talks to the fans are to educate the fans and so all we're trying to do is bring them behind the scenes to understand how teams process injuries like i'm not violating the kids hippo laws they're documented like at some point if you're going to break down the draft boomer discuss the injuries of tua because that's the issue that's the issue and how am I discrediting the kid when the kid got the injuries and they're out there for all the
0: world to see? Yeah, look, I, I tend to agree. I mean, nobody has other issues with Tua, not really. maybe you look at him. Uh, there are certainly scouts out there that that like Justin Herbert more than Tua for you know this reason or that reason or whatever. But uh, and there's there's quite a few, obviously the majority that that like Joe Burrow more than Tua just in terms of what he can do on the field. But Tua's a top 10 pick if he's never been hurt or if he's never had any sort of significant injury, right? That's that's the only question mark about Tua. He's a top 10 pick for sure if he doesn't have that hip injury last year. He might be the number two pick in this draft if he doesn't have that hip injury. And honestly, he might be the number one pick in the draft. So it's absolutely fair game to talk about his injury history or injury concerns because those are the only concerns about the biggest wild card in this draft. And oh, by the way, again, he plays quarterback. All right, it would be a disservice if before we wrapped up, we didn't talk about the fact that Rob Gronkowski is now joining Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. And this is just all sorts of amazing for a lot of reasons. You have Tampa Bay trolling the Patriots on Twitter. They're going out there and uh, reposting the video of Brady and Gronk from what was that, about a year or two ago when they got another Super Bowl and they were just, it, it was... It's next-level trolling from Tampa Bay towards the Patriots, who I never expected their dynasty to end with their players on another team in the league. You know what I mean? I never really expected their dynasty to end, to be honest. I never fully believed that Brady, or uh, really just Brady, would ever retire. And he still hasn't. The Patriots, I don't necessarily believe. I'm not going to buy into the the hype that they're going to be terrible next year. I want to see what they do in this draft. But when the dynasty ends, and I think it has ended, doesn't mean they can't start a new one in a few years. I don't wanna I don't wanna accidentally like put something out there in the universe where the Patriots suddenly are great again this year. But that that era is over with Brady and Belichick, obviously, and Gronk was a huge part of it, even though he wasn't there for all of it. I never expected that to end with with, with Brady and Gronk, two of the principal players, probably the two principal players, certainly Brady is. Of that era, still playing and on another team, but here we are. I Man, I speculated yesterday maybe Gronk just wants to play in Tampa Bay because that's where he can he can have a party boat and he can just dock it in the harbor. And he's just now realizing the Brady's there. I mean, if you think about it, Gronk playing on a team in Florida really fits more than anything else. But now look at Tampa Bay's offense, coached by Bruce Arians. By the way, I know Byron left, which is a huge part of it, but you know under the tutelage of Bruce Arians who's been known to have pretty explosive offenses. Tom Brady, who I I don't think Brady's done. Like, I don't think this is just, uh, oh, let's make Brady feel good about himself for one or two last couple years in the NFL. I think he's still got something. And it certainly helps, and he's not stupid, to have Rob Gronkowski to throw to. But also, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. That's why I'm taking notice of Tampa Bay. If it was just a, hey, Brady and Gronk have reunited in Tampa Bay, but this is a terrible football team, all right, well, cool. I mean, at least it ruined the Patriots' chances this year, but I'm not really going to pay a whole lot of attention to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was coming on strong in the second half of last season. They've got weapons, and that's why I say Brady's not stupid. He didn't just leave New England. He went to a team that actually has more weapons than New England did, significantly more. If you play fantasy football, you know how good Chris Godwin is, and if you watch any football, you know how good Mike Evans is. So that's going to be a fun team this year. That's going to be a tough team to get past if you are a team like the Cardinals trying to climb into the playoffs in the NFC this season. And also, I'm drafting in any Fantasy Keeper League. I'm drafting whoever the Patriots take a quarterback this weekend. I'm assuming they will take somebody. Like I said, I hope Tua doesn't somehow slip to like 15 and they trade up and get him because we're all going to feel sick to our stomachs if that happens. But if the Patriots take Jake Eason or something in the fourth round or whatever... Yeah, I'm probably, I'm probably picking him up in any fantasy keeper leagues. If they take no one, by the way, if they go into next season with Jarrett Stidham and Brian Hoyer as their two quarterbacks, how, how much of a slap in the face is that to Tom Brady? Like that's basically Bill Belichick saying, yeah, you know what? I, quarterback means nothing in my offense. Remember when we won 11 games with Matt Castle? Remember how good Jimmy Garoppolo looked here? Remember how, how decent Jacoby Brissett looked in very limited time here? I mean, if you're Bill Belichick, You go into next season, you had opportunities. Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, all these guys out there. A ton of quarterbacks in this draft. If they come through this draft without anybody in like the first five rounds, and they just go into next season with Jarrett Stidham and Brian Hoyer and maybe like a, a rookie free agent or a sixth rounder or something, how can you not take that as a message from Belichick of, yeah, I don't need a quarterback to win? We'll see. I'm so excited for the draft tomorrow. We're always excited for the NFL draft, but especially with everything that's going on right now, it will be a great distraction, and it means a lot to the Cardinals because they are almost on the clock. That's going to do it for us here tonight. Thanks to Michaela Perkins for producing. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Luke Lipinski. This has been The Rundown on ArizonaSports.com.